Hello and welcome to Evolve Pipedrive Podcast, where we talk all things pipedrive, sales, apps and pipedrive marketplace. My name is Bruce Bignall, I own the Run Evolve, we're a technology consultancy based in the UK, working globally, and we exist to help businesses do more with pipedrive through implementation, consultancy and training. Today, I have the great pleasure to be joined by Isaiah uh, Pasquale, uh, the CEO at Bread and Butter. Um, Bread and Butter offers no-code, one-click conversion tools to automatically populate your CRM with real customer data. Now, really looking forward to this conversation with Isaiah for a couple of reasons. One, because Isaiah has a fascinating journey into SaaS so far, from a, bas- from a varsity basketball player where he was able to play with his brother, who went on to follow their dad's shoes and become a professional player, to a software developer and now CEO of Bread and Butter. He's a true practitioner and problem solver who looks to make sure there is no more terrible capture, lead capture in those kind of when you click, is there a bicycle basketball net here? Is there a bicycle here? And clunky lead forms scaring away rural prospects. So without further ado, Isaiah, welcome. Please can you introduce yourself and bread and butter to our audience? Hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, that's that's it. The road and the journey seems longer when you <laughs> describe it that way. It feels like doesn't feel was feels it a like bumpy, done a lot. Was it a bumpy road? <laughs> no, you know, it, I guess you could probably say it was at times, but um, it was just really a thing of me following my passions the whole the whole way through. So um, basketball was my first love. Um, I, I went with it as long as I could. And then once I was done with it, I was sitting on an English lit degree. So that wasn't exactly the most helpful uh, to instantly enter the job market. Um, and I'd always loved computing. So I jumped in, I did my uh, computing degree and I got a job, uh, working at a company, uh, doing email security actually. And, uh, from there, um, that kind of rose me up through to, uh, that, to that being... business was acquired. Is that, is that right? That business was acquired. Yeah, so that business was. So that was that that was legit my path. I came out of school and just mm-hmm. found this team of people that I love and we we built we come from it's corporate email security so we come from enterprise mm-hmm. and then we kind of exited out but the deal we landed meant that we just lot like we just sold off the IP not the team. Nice. So we took that team and said to ourselves, do we want to just you know, go our separate ways or do we want to try our next thing? And so we kind of looked at ourselves and we said, what were kind of the the biggest problems we had as a, you know, small to medium sized business and what are the pain points we would like to tackle? And that's where bread and butter was born, um, was mm-hmm. out of us attempting to tackle the pain points that plagued us. So what, what did that founding team look like and what does it look like now? Like what, what's the... Yeah, so our former CEO, um, he is getting older, and mm-hmm. um, he didn't have. He just felt like he didn't have the the same desire to drive the whole thing from start to finish. Did, and he, did he feel that, or was that you guys noticing it in him? Um, no, this, this honestly, I think he probably could have still done it if he really felt the desire to do it. He's yeah. not that old, <laughs> um, but <laughs> forty-two. No, yeah, no. yeah, you know what I mean. Like, no, he's he's yeah. In the software world, though, things move fast, right? And so we had a long discussion, and I kind of felt like it was the right path for me through. So, um, I took over as CEO with the new with the new venture and. Now he's kind of the head of our board and more in an advisory capacity um, than what he was doing before, which I think suits what he wants. And we're just trying to run and gun now here to to keep to get our get this thing going all the way through. And what what does what does what does he mean to you now? Can you lean on him for advice? And you are now first time CEO, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah. There's a couple of things here following your passion, right? So whether it was basketball, you followed that. Whether it was um, knowing that you wasn't going to be an English major um, going into uh, software development and falling in love with that. So then I guess falling, seeing the, the world of business and what you can do there, like it, is he is he a mentor in that, in that regard? Yeah. Or? 
Well, he tells me to stop calling his phone all the time, but mm. um, he he's always he always picks up and he's he's been instrumental to making this whole this whole thing work for me mm. because without I I think that understanding the business inside and out like so I know the product through and through I was you know because I'm technical I understand that all of those aspects to it so really for me this was actually kind of stepping into your world a little bit more which was a little new to me which was the sales and marketing side of things right mm -hmm. i was so such a technical person the whole way through my career leading up to this um that it that has been the parts where i i ask him the most questions and i'm learning mm -hmm. the most as i go uh that being said i love i've always loved I love how at the, in the role I'm in now, you need to understand a little about a lot. Um, so like not, and a lot about a lot too, mm -hmm. but I like the whole, over, like being a part of, you're not just getting funneled one small component of it. You're looking over the top and you're seeing the whole picture yeah. and making those decisions and being a part of those decisions because it's a team, obviously not even when you're, take on a role called CEO. Um, it's still the same team. It's still the same people that, you know, I've been with for 10 years. So um, listening to them, learning from them, it's, that's, it's been so much fun. And I, I don't think I would pivot away from the kind of role I'm in again. Um, I, I like, I like being a part of it all. Hmm. The, I've got, I've got two questions. There. I'm going to, I'm going to save one of them for the end. Um, okay. And then just re-ask the first question. So what does the team look like now? So uh, is it the same team? Has it grown? Are, have you lent into more development? Is there more marketing sales? How has that team yeah. grown? This, we've always been tech heavy. So that mm. was, that's where, I mean, a we were delivering enterprise security email software at scale. So that was, we were, we were very, um, we we just that's that that business requires that um people have gone some people have left some people have come in so it's not exactly the same team as before just through the virtue of you're not going to need a, a hundred developers at a, at a startup right yeah. um so it's that part's been an adjustment but the core group are still together. So our CTO, who was the CTO at the previous business, he's still with us. Um, I've changed from development to this role. Mm -hmm. Our head of uh, support is still with us. He's been with the company longer than I have. I think like if you include the other business, um, I think he's been there since the jump. So basically the, the main leaders of each different kind of area that we have have stayed in. And then we've kind of dipped into different people for marketing and sales because selling an enterprise SaaS software is much different than selling a SMB SaaS software. It's mm. it's a just it's a totally different market for I think at least in my opinion I don't know maybe you disagree but um, I, I that area required. Um, different people. And, you know, not everyone's interested in selling something like when they were enterprise and now they're not. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's a pivot for everyone. So we kind of brought in different people from that front. Um, but yeah, that's the, the core people have been here. So really it's like a family for me. That's and um, yeah, it's, it's fun to do what you, it's fun to do what you love, but it's especially fun when it's around people that you've grown, grown so close with. Right. Yeah. And it's and obviously being a, you taking that new role. So I, I just wrote down product and sales. So a lot of development, you can be a, the world's best developer, but you actually have no idea what pain you're solving for the prospect or for the business. Mm -hmm. So I guess mm -hmm. that's been the learning journey that you've been on, right? What, what does it mean to support and help a business handle yeah. captured data that's <laughs> you, you've, been, you've been solving yeah. the pro problem in the back end well, right it, yeah, well, like do you, do you think i i had no idea um a year ago what um marketing qualified lead was like what that yeah. even meant right yeah so one there was learning all of the new all of the the things that i need to care about but i think the bigger piece to me was that 
I come from, I, I think that marketing is very, very important, but I think that one thing that we, that is left off by traditional metrics, and this is kind of, I guess, a pivot into the product a little bit is a lot of it is about these things like click-through rates and what percentage of people end up on like converting with, and what does a conversion even mean, right? Like, what does that mean yeah. to you? To to me, that might mean something totally different than yeah. to somebody else, right? If I'm- is that a meeting booked, is that a download of a PDF? Is that a emailed, you know, sent through, whatever it might be? Or is it throwing something in your cart, right? Like that, mm. like that matters too. Or is it, making it through a trial and actually becoming a paid customer. These are, so there's so many different things. And I think that where the current, the way we view these things is you, I think we're throwing around these metrics a little bit willy nilly where you can look at the metrics and you'll talk to someone, you'll say, wow, that does look good. Like a hundred billion impressions and like 800,000, whatever, and you're like, but this led to how many sales on my side, right? And that's the answer that everyone needs to, I think mm. that's the the piece that I always want to focus on is learning that, that number, right? What's working and what isn't to get you to that success point. And so for me, that's been the journey that I've been on the most is chasing down what that means to different small to medium businesses. And how do you deliver kind of that value and give them those because a small, like you're running a business that I would assume you would consider probably in that SMB category. Oh, yeah. right? we're, you know, we're, we're not a um, 10 million plus bit or 50 million. Plus yeah. business. <laughs> and so your problems are like, you don't have, I mean, it's, it pivots into why we use pipe drive. Mm. We don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to just throw out the window and say, cool, I'm going to use Salesforce. Awesome. Right. Yeah. We don't have that. We, we are meaningfully taking our money and you're saying, oh, am I going to do a little bit of Google ad spend? Am I going to do, you know, uh, am I going to pay someone like you might not even be paying someone to do social. You might have to just go up and do your social yourself. Yeah. And so what we were trying to do and what we do for people is we provide a, a suite of tools that integrates directly with Pipedrive to try and ease those points to make, so you don't have to have a master's degree in Google Analytics or you don't have to have, you know, HubSpot is like crazy to set up and all these other things are not, you need to understand them, right? Mm. And you don't have the resources to focus on that. That's why I love Pipedrive is it just works and it works the way you think it should. So you're not having this giant lead time to make that happen. So that's kind of like, that's a round, long roundabout answer, but that's, that's how I see, I see the things I've learned and the pain points we're trying to solve is in that space because we know that space. We know what it's like to be a little guy that punches up. And we were selling enterprise software with a small team originally. Yeah. So, you know, we were pump, we were people asking all sorts of questions with us that, you know, when you're, you're just trying to, you're just trying to get a whole, a leg hold in. Right. And mm. uh, we're trying to solve that. So, so what, where has that meant that you guys have landed as a business, as an ICP? So obviously pipe drive customers and they're probably, and, and, and other CRMs, I, I assume, what's the, the kind of markets covered your ideal customer profile. What was that look like yeah. for you guys? Well, I, I mean, I, I referenced SMB, so definitely there. Mm -hmm. I think more emphasis on the S. Obviously, we do service M, like medium-sized businesses, but I, I feel like it's a capital SMB. Mm -hmm. um, but for our ideal customer profile, I think it is, uh, well, the, the, the position you're in matters a lot more. So, you need to, like, we have verticals that I could get into, but I think it's more important to talk from a broad range of what ticks these boxes. Mm. And one is you have a website that you're using to drive marketing efforts to. So you're trying to funnel traffic to your website. That's super important for our product to work. And from there, 
you need to make sure that you do not, you, you need to refine how people are getting from where they started to your website. So you need to have visibility into that so you can tweak that, those efforts. And then from there, once they get on your website, you, you can't let one drop. That's the, that's the piece. So mm. for people that are saying to themselves, ah, oh, like we're getting the people here onto our website, but man, they're not filling in this long contact form and they're, they're just bouncing off and they, they bounce. And then you away. have these internal discussions with marketing or someone else that says, well, they have to fill in all this data. Otherwise we can't, then we don't know what to send them or we don't know what to say to them. So that there's yeah. this kind of internal. Exactly. Well, we so need a form. we need a form, right? But yeah, hundred percent. That's so that's, that is you've that you cut right to the heart of it, right? Which is that you have to put friction in front of your visitor at some point. There has mm. to be a friction point. You have to say to yourself, all right, well, I need to get you now you're, you're an IP address to me. Now I need to figure out and get you into my pipe drive channel. Right. Mm. And so that was where we built out all these out of the box conversion tools. So without having to design them yourself, without having to implement them with a developer, um, you get our little snippet, or if you're on, let's say you're on WordPress, you even could just download a plugin for it. Um, you get all of these tools out of the box. So what they are is, um, we call them widgets, but they lean in on using social logins. So log in with Facebook, log in with Google, mm -hmm. log in with LinkedIn. That's a big one for us now. Um, I saw that recently. Was that quite recent? I saw that on your posts on LinkedIn, I think. Recently. Yeah. Well, we've supported LinkedIn. Like, so it's funny. I feel like you, you circle back to what brought <laughs> us here. When we were doing secure email, the original drive in was that people, we had to build out single sign-on for people. So social login stuff, because they would have these enterprise accounts that they were saying, I don't want another password here. I want yeah. my users to log in with their, their granted Microsoft account and get into their secure messaging platform. So that's where our expertise on negotiating authentications with social providers comes from our enterprise providers as well. Um, so that's where, that's where our, that's, that's the first piece when you talk about what built bread butter to what it is now, that was the foundational mm -hmm. first component was the social logins. And what we found is that people want to use them. So people don't want anymore. You've been there, like everyone's been there. You've been on a website and you've said, oh, another password, or you've said, oh, like, I don't want to fill out like a thousand things about myself just to gain access. Like so it's one click identity, right? So if you're already logged in with your Google account, your LinkedIn account, your Facebook account, your Microsoft account, whatever it might be, mm. you put that button on your site and you click it and boom, they're logged in, right? And so now you've taken away that point because somebody recognizes and trusts that Google is going to handle your information correctly. That's the that's mm. the big piece, right? Is big tech there's a lot of issues with it, but what they are doing properly is handling data. So instead of you having to go, oh, is this tiny little website going to like expose my stuff? They're not because they're never going to have it. Never touch and it, yeah. So that's kind of the, the first point. So what now what people are seeing is 80% of people that come into a website for the first time choose to use an account they already have rather than create a new one. They want to use that because it's easy and they know the, and trust it. And those two things together, when something's easy and something's trusted, um, it takes away all that weight of someone's hesitation when they see something on their site that's your site that speaks to them. Now you've provided them a way to engage with it without them having to feel like, oh, like, is this even okay for me to do? So... That, that that's huge and it kind of leans on to the change in the market right over the last four or five years um or even 10 years really with with, with a lot of this um i think apple got involved about three years ago didn't they with their you know yeah. apple, apple one login whatever um what does this what does this mean for first and third party data like who's that if you said as a business you don't own that data or how what does that mean there 
Right. So what for, for our product and for, I think anyone just even stepping outside our product, you don't, I, I referenced big tech before, right? Yeah. Well, you want them to broker identity for you. You want proven real identities. So the only thing you get on your end is an email address, a first name, a last name, and a display picture from them. That's what Mm. you get from them. So that's the piece that they are providing. But remember, back when Universal Analytics was big, that was what everyone was using. Third-party cookies, Universal Analytics, it was the best way to sell. It was the best way to make sure your, your stuff made it in front of people. And then what happened? Google moves the goalposts on you because you actually don't own any of the data you've collected, mm-hmm. right? They own it all. It's what made them worth billions and billions and billions of dollars, yeah. right? And so what you and I and anyone in the space needs to be ready for is, you know, there it, it keeps getting punted with Chrome a little bit, but as of next year, we won't have access to third-party cookies at all. So, which I think is rightfully so. Third-party cookies Mm. creeped everyone out. And anyone that's watching that Mm -hmm. doesn't know it off the top of their head, a third-party cookie is that um, it basically allowed them to track you across multiple websites and see the whole path. And Mm. that's why when you would go and you'd feel like you were talking about um, some random, you were talking about a, a Honda car and all of a sudden a Honda in your Instagram yeah. feed up pops a Honda car. That was because of third-party cookies. That is yeah. why. So they were creepy and they were wrong and it's why we're moving away from them. It's why- And, and think- they, they listen, right? They must listen as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, podcast I, I, I don't, now. yeah, I don't think they listen- I mean, I, I mean, let's tinfoil hat, like maybe yeah. they do, but uh, taking it off, I think we forget how we engage with the internet in the world, but I do think location data, right, can be pulled as well. So yeah. they know you were recently near something and spending time around it or whatever, right? And, yeah, and, and others on your Wi-Fi network may have um, searched in bed. So th- yeah. there's loads of things like that, right? So um, exactly. th- there's a business called Generate. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they're, they're all about kind of owning your data and even being paid for, um, collecting your data and then only being served ads that you've opted in for essentially. Is it, it's a really cool product. Um, I reached out to the the founder and old business about three or four years ago and they, they won some funding on Dragon's Den. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all about just taking control of your own data, um, which is, which is pretty cool there. That's Um, so important. From us, from a big S SME um, business, how should they begin to think about data capture? Yeah. Um, if 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 again, that the first portal might be you've got a website with a form on it, right? So, mm-hmm. is, is that the most fundamental way of data capture? Or um... yeah, so this is the pivot that we are encouraging everyone to follow. Is so. And let's, I've been talking a lot around it, but let's, let's, let's zoom in on the product that I am the CEO of, right? Like this is, so we're talking about bread and butter specifically. What we are trying to provide you is you put us on your website. We provide you with the conversion capture tools. So I I talked about it, but basically a little login with Google button, but we also provide other tools like content gates. So gating pages behind content. So you have a white paper you want to download. You want to get a real identity. You don't want to get a burner. Um, this is, we put the social buttons to gate the content or we do kind of call it the New York Times style scroll stop, you know, where the thing comes yeah. up and it stops you from reading further. Well, that's available too for your page. Mm-hmm. We have superior, what I believe are like forms 2.0, which is a form that comes up from, it can be put anywhere. So you could put it alone on a page or, you know, like a little button to have it come up from the corner. So it'd say contact us in the corner and you click it. And instead of the whole point always to this is instead of front loading the questions to scare people away, we encourage the identity first. So yeah, just click the Google button and then it logs you in. And now we have, now you have that as the owner. So you have, Mm their email address, 
their first name, their last name, little checkbox was checked to opt them into your newsletter. But now you show the fields. So the point is always get the identity first, don't scare people away, and then have the fields after rather than this long thing that's just mm. going to, you know, kind of provide a point of friction because I understand the argument, right? You want to qualify these leads, but don't, not everyone knows they're a qualified lead when they first interact with your page, right? Like yeah. they, they don't know that's them. So this is the second part. So what also is happening, so we provide all these tools, but what we also do is we give you data collection that just happens passively in the background. So when you go to your Pipedrive account, and I'm going to use Pipedrive specifically, we have our own dashboard and stuff that shows activity, but let's talk about where we're funneling this for the purpose of what we're talking about. Yeah. You go into Pipedrive, all the details of where that person cared the most on your site. So did they linger on pricing? It tells you in your Pipedrive account now, mm. oh, they were on the pricing page for the longest, or this is this is where they exited out. So at this point they were they were done, or this is what drew them in this time. So on this visit, they came from, you know, maybe they typed your you in directly into the browser, but maybe you posted a piece of content on your Instagram account or your LinkedIn account. Well, now mm -hmm. it's going to show that that piece of content is what brought them there. So it's empowering you and that's all your data, fully exportable, fully owned by you, for you to make decisions. What campaigns are working? What's not working? What social should I focus on? Maybe, maybe I need to put more energy here because the customers that are coming here from let's say miraculously the customers coming from Instagram are much better than the customers from LinkedIn when you look at the end result. So mm -hmm. all of that is put directly into Pipedrive. So we upload the person is created, record is created or updated. So you don't have to, let's say you have a whole bunch of people in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the idea is you don't have to start fresh, we can go with the existing stuff you've already put in and those existing leads that you have or deals that you've provisioned, they're just going to have the details of these people's sessions uploaded and updated automatically and some fields, extra fields just filled in if you're missing some of that info. So yeah, that's, that's the, that's the product really. It's, it's meant to be a full suite for a small to medium business mm. so that they can better inform their efforts to bring inbound to their site and also funneling those users correctly into their sales channels on Pipedrive or their newsletter mailing lists or whatever it is. And then being able to see and look at all those users and be able to track and perfect their journey through your site. So that's the, that's the product without coding. Yeah, no, I love it. And you mentioned WordPress there. And mm -hmm. does this, uh, can this go on to Webflow or other other types yeah. of yeah, it works. It works really well with Webflow. Um, yeah. Webflow is probably our the emergent WordPress is like if you say exclude all the generic websites like yeah. um, that are just JavaScript implementation. I'd say WordPress is our number one, but Webflow has been racing up. People are people are running to Webflow. It, it's um, amazing it just like how it. many I hadn't heard of it probably three years ago pre pandemic. Yeah, um, and yeah, every same website, thing for me. Yeah. Um, so, so what, what does the future look like then for, for you guys? Is it um, feature um, feature grabbing and, and is there something else that you would really love to do here? Is it team expansion? Is it better integration? What, what, what's, what's next? I never... Team expansion, I think, is always secondary. I love our team yeah. and I like being agile where possible. Yeah. Um, where, where I see this is, for example, what we have imminently coming is our actual marketplace entry in Pipedrive. So nice. that's, if you said we're super short term, that's the next piece for us is that we want to be in front of everyone that's on Pipedrive so that you don't have to have heard of us in a different way. You just, you're already a Pipedrive user and we just want to make that experience better for you. So, so we're recording this at the beginning of May, 2023. So um, yeah, I guess at some stage this year we'll have a, a native. Yeah, definitely early, uh, early. I would say probably about a month from now is nice. when we'll we'll be there launching in there's the marketplace. Um, 
So that's imminently. More so what we're trying to do is always just refine and add more functionality for people. So I, I know this is a pipe drive podcast and that's been our focus. But for me, I want to provide it wherever you do business. So mm-hmm. we do support big players like Salesforces and stuff like that. But I want mm-hmm. to hit up the little like not that. OK, so not little, but, you know, Zoho is more focused on the smaller side than it is on, on, you know, the enterprise companies. So I want to make sure that if you're a small business and you're using a CRM, we want to support that first and foremost. And so that's our goal. So like things we already support are like, if you use something like, I know it's not quite the same, but like a member press, we just automatically integrate with that for you. So, you know, we're trying to, we're constantly trying to make sure that we want to succeed with you. That's been our goal start to finish um, is to let little companies that, you know, you have a product and you have a big, you, you know, your product's great. You know, it's, it's going to kill, but you're like, I just don't have the time to focus on all these other things. That's where the name came from. We want you to focus on your bread and butter, which is your product. Let mm. us handle everything else. And that way you can do what you do best. Right. And that I think kills a lot of small businesses is when you're getting pulled in different directions and you don't have data at your fingertips to actually know what's going right or wrong. You know, you're parsing, not that I, I, not that I dislike Google analytics, Mm. but for, for the average user, it's overkill. And you look at it and you're like, Oh, and so what you're like, what am I even supposed to do with these charts? How do I I action any of this? Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to make it for those small businesses to give you that actionable insights Mm. and put it in places where you already do your business. You don't need to learn some new, you don't want to waste your time learning how to use Google analytics, right? You don't want to waste your time learning how to use whatever platform you're trying to integrate with. You just want this data in the place you already know, and it's somewhere simple. And that's why pipe drive is something I love so much is that I don't think there is a big learning curve for it. And I think that's why we're seeing so many people go there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the, the so, that's awesome. Uh, and from a, from a pipe drive standpoint, obviously it does integrate now there's a native integration coming. Um, we'll be sure to, um, when it does go live, we'll put links in the description below. Um, but have you got any stories to share about either how you're using pipe drive and, and bread and butter or how a customer's using, um, pipe drive yeah. and bread and butter? So, yeah, so it, 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 what we, what I like about it is I think it, there's two kind of, um, problems simultaneously that you can have. So some companies just are like, I need all my leads in pipe drive, right? Like I just, I need them up there, but yeah. For other certain businesses out there, they actually have the problem, which is a nice problem to have, where they have a lot of inbound traffic, right? And maybe capturing someone's email address isn't actually the point at which you want to push that person into your sales pipeline. Hmm. Um, And so what we allow you to do is for certain customers, they're just like, as soon as I get the email address, put that person up there. But for other customers, you set up your own journey. So you say, once the user has done these events, then they should go to pipe drive, right? Mm. And so what we've seen from people is that, you know, because then you get an alert for your sales member or whatever it is to say, oh, this person's now ready for us to sell to or whatever to try and move them along. But also um, every time they return to your website, your same, you're going to get a ping. You get pinged yeah. in pipe drive. It shows, oh, the notes have been updated. This is the details of their session. So you now have more information again. So you can say to yourself, now I know that this person's ready. Um, so that's kind of been the thing is that um, not everyone has the same starting point for someone's journey through the sales mm-hmm. pipeline. Like for me, I always want those leads in there regardless, because we have automation set up through pipe drive and all of these other things, but not everyone's using it that way. And that's what I think is so powerful about the tool. 
So that's that's kind of what I I would I would say is the the most interesting thing is seeing where people choose on the journey to decide that's the moment where they actually belong in their CRM. If that makes yeah. sense, where at first I'd always assume, well, everyone just goes in. You just put the person in the CRM. Yeah, of and it, they go it, there. It and it always, it's I always think it's um well it's an individual um decision for the business, and obviously when we make recommendations to businesses, we can tell them. Um, our recommendations are the best practices, but at the end of the day, if some if a business owner has always done it in one way, there's just because you can do something with the technology doesn't mean you should. Um, mm. So, because obviously user behaviors that are a very big thing. So, you, obviously, if, if they if they're getting data and they're using it in some way, fantastic. That you know that um, that's what you want them to do. Um, so, so that's great. I mean, as as we look to close here, then I actually just wanted to go a little bit deeper into the the story of you becoming the CEO. Those discussions that you had um, was it always on your roadmap from the beginning? I don't, I don't know. Like, were you always looking up and seeing it as an opportunity? And then how did how did did you have to put your hand up? Were you pointed at to say, "Hey, it's, Isaiah, this is this is for you, sir"? Um, what was mm-hmm. that kind of week like when when those discussions were coming up yeah so initially i had never well no i i'd always known i wanted to step outside of development um that had always been my goal um because uh, you know i was a senior developer a team lead at that point the next logical step in my head though was always probably cto right like i was going to probably leave to go somewhere to become a cto because our own cto is so great and yeah. he's my mentor when I was coming up. I was going to say, so, so looking up to those people, you, you don't want to step on their toes necessarily, but then you, you saw that as a bit of a, a, a block there. Yeah. So that's what I had thought, but I hadn't voiced any concern. I was still, I just, this is if you're talking internal monologue with myself, mm. I was starting to be like, well, at some point I'm probably going to have to move on because I'm not going to take any of their jobs. And then around that time when I was just thinking about that was around the time that the current CEO at the time sat me down and he said, Hey, I'm like, I, I feel like you're the right guy to do this. You know, us, you know, the team, you know, the product in and out. Um, and he felt like I was just had the right energy to do this job. So like I I'm, and I think maybe like, I don't think everyone needs to come from an athletics background, but I think where I come from in that respect is from a, I always want to take on a new challenge. So for Mm -hmm. me, when he said, he's like, that's kind of the personality is that I think even though there are things you don't know, I'm going to be here, but you're going to be wanting to do it. And you're going to be driving to kind of make that happen for yourself. And so it was an easy call at that point. Like uh, I, once he said it, he was like, oh, I like, cause he said, I got something to talk to you about and you're going to be surprised by it. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, we've been together for a while. I don't think I'm going to be surprised. And then he said it and I was very surprised. And you were very <laughs> Yeah. And he was like, he, he had the whole pitch lined up, but the moment he said it, I was like in my head, I ended up telling him I would take like a few days to think about it. I knew I was taking it instantly. Mm. Like the moment he said it, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I hadn't like realized that it was what I was thinking about in that role. But the moment he said it, I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So that's, that's kind of how that week went. And I waited a long three days to say yes. Okay. So within three days, those three days you go home because obviously you got you two kids now. Mm -hmm. Um, what What do you tell your wife? Does your wife say, this is what you needed. You, you have to, is she supportive there? What, what was the. Yeah, she was, she was excited. I mean, she's always pragmatic. So she, first off, she was like, well, you haven't talked about being CEO. Is this actually what Mm. you want? Right. That was the first thing she asked me. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want. Like I, I hadn't realized it. I didn't know, but that's, that was, that was the, and she's always been very supportive of me to take on whatever I want to take on. Not that it's like a backward step in life to no, choose no. to take on this job, but um, it's funny, isn't it? Just having that that one conversation that did surprise you that you thought couldn't surprise you has yeah. has, has opened up, up, you know, so many options for you in the future now. So um, yeah, yeah, prop, props to the, um, the old CEO and chairman now. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I owe him, I owe him a lot. And I mean, I've learned so much from him specifically. I mean, mm. it's not every day you get to sit under someone that like have someone at your disposal who has taken another business from startup founding all the way to acquisition. Like he's done it. He knows it. And so when he let me know, that was actually the only question I had was, how, am I going to get full support from you? Am I going to mm -hmm. have full access to you to ask you questions that I won't know the answers to? You know, you sit in a meeting, someone references something I haven't heard before. You sit there, yeah. you try and bluff your way through it. And then I go back to him and say, what is this? Why don't I know this? this? Yeah. yeah. So those, those kind of things were our, that was the very beginning. I would say the first month was a lot of that. Um, but since then, now he's kind of, we're shifting into a little bit more of a, par a partnership. I mean, he's the head of our board, so it's not mm -hmm. like he's uninfluential at our business. Um, but we've kind of found a happy partnership now and he's just, I owe him so much to give me this opportunity and to also not just throw me into it, but also support me through it. So I couldn't say enough about him. Yeah, I think it's huge. And just the, the insight to out of the, the, the group, it sounds like you've that really cool group that you've had from the previous business to this business. Um, everyone had, had their kind of pots and pillars that their, their, their growth their growth pots, you, you, I've called it before. Um, and I think having the capacity as a, a product-led founder or from a product side, you can then, I think it's probably an easier switch to go to the, the front end and for, to learn the marketing and, and the sales versus going from marketing and sales to then learn the product. Um, yeah. And it gives you a lot of insights as well, for either from support or just what the capabilities are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yes, yeah, so, so I look forward to seeing and following your, your growth there. So that, that, that'd be really interesting to uh, watch. I appreciate hearing that. Um, yeah, I mean, when we were chatting before we even started, I thought it was, you never you never know always what someone's like life story is, but just hearing that you also kind of, you know, everything's always taking a chance, right? Even when mm -hmm. it feels like it's a safe opportunity sometimes, it's still, you're stepping out of a one role and jumping in and building something totally new, right? And I yeah. I feel like that's a shared experience of ours with what you've done with Evolve. Yeah, uh, I definitely feel it. And wearing, I've been told possibly wearing too many hats, but uh, I'll keep this one on for now. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do look forward to seeing what you, you get up to. Well, we, we got used to no haircuts in the pandemic, right? So yeah, well, find... I'm growing my hair out now a bit too late. So it's... Uh, it's a like a mane, a gray mane yeah. currently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just just to finish off here, so quick fire questions can be long form answers. Uh, favorite use case that you've had someone use um, with bread and butter? Uh, favorite use case is more like a favorite use industry. Um, mm. We've been in nonprofit kind of space, so helping people with mental health. Um, mm. One business was dealing with that. I can't say the business because we're NDA'd on it, but, yeah. um, the, anyway, just that's always been my thing is I love when we can help people. So it's not so much, what is the product doing to me, but who we're helping. And that yeah. that's why I love the SMB space and then the nonprofit space too. Awesome. Love it. Top tips for those getting started. Um, and those for the, for a season pro that wants to, um, do more. So what would yeah. you say to them? Yeah, I, guess, I mean, is it capturing first party data at the start. Yeah, or? yeah, you should start doing that now. So whether yeah. or not you use our tool or some other tool for capturing first party data, um, you should be doing it now because right now you still have some time left. Where you still, if you're using the old pixel on your site to track everything and using that to inform your marketing spend and stuff like that, you still have some lead time. Mm. But if you start now. So let's say, let's get specific with bread and butter. If you take our code, you don't even use us for conversions. So you say no conversions. I'm not, I'm not going to start throwing these, you know, logins on people's faces in people's faces. If you just put it in on your site and don't do anything, we're going to start taking those users and try. So we'll know how they got there and what campaign brought them in. Mm -hmm. We'll know all these things. Now you won't have their identity, which is the key point. But if you build that up, the moment that they turn the one tap off on you, 
you could put the conversions on it. Anyone that's ever been to your site in that entire time, now if they come back, you're going to get their whole life story when they convert. Mm. So you're going to know now all the touch points, how they came in for the first time, all the experiences they had on your page, what, where they fell off, where they came in, paired now with identity. So you would still have the analytics before, but now you've got a whole suite of first party data already built up over a year for you to now use for all your new efforts that you're going to have to be chasing down with the death of third party cookies. That, that, that's huge. And, and for those that are doing that already and that would like to kind of go to the next step, what, what, what would you say there? Um, I would say to ensure that your first party data is your first party data. So, (laughs) you know, some, sometimes it's confusing. So you might be using a product and it seems like you're collecting your own data, but in the end, you'll read the EULA or whatever it is. And you'll realize that they have the rights to do whatever they want, uh, whenever they want with it. And so you just need to make sure that they should support exporting. They should support you being able to take that data and make it your own um, with whatever tool you're using. So that's the first thing I would do is just so that's, make sure that's, that so you're can, actually can you, capturing it. Can you say that again? Because I think that's a really important piece, right? So make sure your first party data is your first party data. Yeah. And, and so, and how do you do that? What questions should you be looking at? Yeah, so you're going to want to look through the very exciting license agreement that you yeah. have business like that. I mean, you can ask them directly. Um, but I mean, the first, the first, whatever tool you're using, the first thing you want to see is that they are saying first party data. So you want to make sure you know what that is first. Um, and that's data you've collected on your website. That's first party data. So, um, and then the second piece is making sure that in their terms, they don't have anything along the lines of saying, Subject to us deciding that it it can be confusing to look at, but essentially it is going to say clearly or obfuscatedly that these things can be taken away. The way I would do it is I would check Reddit, Google it, do whatever based on the product you're currently using. Other people will have done this analysis if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself. So that's, I lean on type, ask, ask chat GPT. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's, that's why we've all got it on our browsers now, right? Just to can yeah. you summarize and is this yeah. uh, first party data? Okay, awesome. Um, and, and last one from a, uh, a quick question. Do you have any pipe drive feature requests? I, it's not so much a feature, but it's something that I would like to see be ro- a little bit more robust. And that's actually the automation portion mm. of um, pipe drive. So, and maybe, hey, this is your neck of the woods a little bit more than even mine. Maybe you have an answer for this, but what I found as a shortcoming is, so for the most part, when we're setting things up and most of our customers do it the same thing, they do single deal to single person record. Like those are typically one-to-one with what I've we've been doing and what some of our customers have. Mm-hmm. When things update, like when you're making an automation, I can't map down from a person because it could be many deals. It's like a one to many on person to deals. And so mapping to that deal to update that deal based on an action that happened to that person isn't really possible via the automation unless I'm wrong, which I would love to be wrong. Yeah. So are we assuming that that contact has one deal or? I assume they have one. I mean, that's the thing is, I think this is why it's not as obvious or because they very much could have multiple deals, right? So I understand that mapping issue. It's like, but if I was using like a Zapier, typically they would give me almost like the option to take top one kind of of it. And if you know that it's a single record, then it's just going to work that way. So that that's the only or more, more so I don't know off the top of my head, and that's a really good question. Um, I'll ask my guys, and if, if we come up with an answer, I'll put it in the description awesome. as well, or post about it. Um, but they, there are they are doing a, a hell of a lot of updates to the automations just in the last four weeks, um, and we I've seen some of what's down the pipe as well. So 
Um, but I don't think I've seen anything to do with that. Uh, and I understand it. That's that's the thing. But if I could yeah. ask, it would be an option to have more robust choosing from deals based on a person. So mm. it would be like, oh, this person. Now I want to pick the most recent deal, even if that was an option, right? If I'm yeah. if we are dealing with many. So that would be... Um, but I fit, like you said, they're clearly working on it all the time. It is, it might even, does it still say beta? I think it said beta when I first was using it. Does it still say well, beta? Auto, well, uh, automations, automations is, so it used to be pipe drive workflow automations, and now it's right. just automation or mm -hmm. automations. Um, they've just had a whole UI refresh about five weeks ago. Um, they've just added a step, wait, a wait step until mm -hmm. X happens. Um but yeah, there's loads of things coming into it. But yeah, I, I don't know about that one specifically. Okay. I and I get it because it is a it is their newest thing. Like it's very much it feels like it's very much happening. Like in yeah. you can feel it development happening on it as we're as we're going right. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, well, brilliant. I mean, th this has been great. Is there anything in particular you'd like to cover before we sign off today? No, I mean, we have the integration coming to the Pipedrive marketplace, but I would encourage anyone that is eager um, to check it out, you go to breadbutter.io and there um, you can set it all up the same way. So it's yeah. it's not like you need to start in Pipedrive to come and set it up. You just need your API key from Pipedrive, which is under personal preferences API and your URL. That's all you need. So it's not like it's this crazy setup. You get those one, two, bang, bang, put them in and you're off and running. So that's, nice. it, it is pretty simple the other way. If you're saying, oh, well, I don't need the marketplace side of this. So yeah, that's all I would, awesome. that's how I would put it. Love it. Well, we'll have links in the description below if you want to have a go before that native integration goes live. Um, and that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Evolve Pipedrive podcast. We talk all things Pipedrive sales, apps and Pipedrive marketplace. At Evolve, we're a technology consultancy based in the UK, working globally, and we exist to help scaling businesses get more out of Pipedrive through implementation, consultancy, and training. If you found this insightful, please let us know what you think in the comments, hit like, subscribe, or share with someone that you think will find this useful. We value all of your feedback. Isaiah, thank you very much. Thank you, Bruce.